Hey, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. Woof. It's been a week. I know you have it. I know you have updates, but I have updates. Um, okay, so you can go mine first. Are shorter because you're like I had to write mine down. So I'm, yeah, I've I've just been having a series. I think that we have to change the podcast temporarily to be a, a series of unfortunate events. If your events are bad, I don't know how your events are. Oh no, mine aren't. Mine aren't particularly bad. Okay, so you just got all of my mild. Up like like all the mild things happened to you, and I kind of had like I don't know. I've just been having a time. I've had like a good time. I went to the Renaissance Festival. That was awesome. Um, oh, that's great. I lost one of my headphones. My in-ears. oh dear. I got I have I have a new pair obviously now. Woohoo! Um, but then I dropped my phone, and it broke. It just stopped working. Oh and my I was like, gosh! What? I literally had three months left to pay it off. So I was like, cool. Oh. I went in there, waited forever, finally got a new one. It wasn't like anyone's fault. They did fine. Um, and then I was like, cool, have a new phone now. Great. I didn't really want this. I was totally fine with mine. But You know what, great. though? Huh? The situation is, like, so Brenna. Yeah, I know. It's anyway, so Brenna. Anyway, your stuff. If you have, like, I have mine double backed up. So just, like, do it, because yeah. I was able to, like, get everything back, because um, I back it up so frequently, because um, you know me. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's so Brenna. I've gotten better at phones, but not that good, and honestly, I have, like, a case on I have a good case. I was so mad. So I have a new brand of cases, and I'm like, you better not just point me, like, my other brands of cases. And they're, like, yeah. like, they're, like military-grade tough, because I need that, because I'm apparently that bad. Um... I throw my phone on the ground all the time. Oh, yeah. And then my, they messed up my medication at the pharmacy again. It's the same thing Ugh. they did where they give me half the amount that I need. And I'm like, literally, I legally can't fix this. You guys have, like, why do you keep doing this? And so I got I got it fixed and we got it sorted. But I'm just like, uh, and I'm like not having a great time mental health anyways. So I was just kind of like struggling. And thank you for everyone's patience. This will be out the week after. But thank you for the patience. It was Partially the phone, partially mental health, and partially just garbage overall feeling. But I'm okay. I'm all right. I've been pushing through. We're rock and roll. Also, shout out to the Delaware uh, Museum of uh, yeah Science and Nature. They they noticed us on Twitter. And thank you to the viewer um, who, uh, you know, shout them out. That's so cool that you grew up going there. Um, it's definitely, like, on my bucket list. If you guys have a chance to go there and meet Dude the Cat, please, God, do it for us. Oh, my gosh. So, please, how is your dude who's a cat doing? Well, actually, so I've got is oh got no, three is it Vinny? Is it the dude who's a dog? Is he still having a hard time? Well, first we'll go with um dude who doesn't know how book release dates work because I had my mom come out for the week and that was a time. It was a great time. It was a great time, but also just having somebody in your house for a week is kind of stressful. Um, oh, yeah. And we hiked a lot, so I'm so sore because she's in so much better shape than I am. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's rough. And hike, but, but hiking's um, different. Like I walk every day, but I couldn't like hike because there's like yeah, we did go up to the top of Multnomah Falls, and man, those are some brutal switchbacks. My mom did Dad, not see, like coming back down. Mean. That sounds hard. It's like, you know, you're going straight up, but you can't go straight up, so you have to go, like, kind of diagonally back and forth. Okay. It's the worst. I'm came out, and I'm like, oh, I'm off for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
I could, I have two books coming out on Tuesday that I want to pick up and I could do that. And then we could just have a chill reading day. And then I went to the bookstore and could not find my books. And I was like, huh, why is that? And then I looked it up online again and I had the completely wrong dates for both of them. And I thought one of them was the newest Warrior Cats book. And so I was really sad. Um, Although a Warrior Cats book did come out, uh, River Stars Home, I believe, came out. But I'm... I don't know them. I'm not really interested in that right now. And yeah. So, and that was a little bit of a bummer. So I didn't get to have... Because the next Warrior Cat book doesn't come out until November. I was off by two months. But that's a bummer. Vincent. Okay. Vincent's been doing pretty great. I I forget everything that's been happening. Everything's been happening with Vincent. Oh my gosh. The, it was all um, the... He was having a lot of hard trouble with the acid reflex and the barfing and the... Yeah. And so he got on this like new meds that he has not thrown up since, which is amazing. Except it is a syringe of like fluid that I have to shoot down his throat three times a day. And so it's Your not KK, very KK is like, that sounds awful. KK says, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Because it, it like, it coats his throat. So it like protects his throat oh. from like irritation. So like if there is something in his throat that's like, you know, being irritated. Like reflux. So he doesn't want to immediately barf. Yeah, I don't know. My vet was like, he has a small liver. It could be a liver issue. And like, maybe we'll come back to the small liver. But I think this guy's got acid reflux. He's just so burpy. All right. And the moment you've all been waiting for, cat news. Because as you know, we have our new boy, Palamides. And um, so we like kind of introduced him in Amira. Yeah, because you wanted to make sure before your mom came to visit that they had met and it wasn't like uber traumatic in case one of them accidentally slipped into the other space. Yeah. And they kind of like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't instant love, but it wasn't instant hate, which I think. Yeah, but there was still a lot of like uncomfy. So we've just decided to start from square one. I mean, this cat was not planned. Pal was not a planned child. Um, yeah. But that's okay. We've embraced him lovingly. Um, and he came at the worst time when we were so busy. And Vincent's been like throwing up on our bed every night. So uh, yeah, we're starting from square one with the introductions. So um, I did like, you know, all the research and was just like. And the thing is, it's really a case by case basis because like. There was, like, no help when I was looking up, like, like what if the little one's the mean one? <laughs> like, because, you know, there is, there's a lot of advice out there. Um, so I, I do not, I, yeah, I, I can't, I know exactly, I did that same exact research a couple months ago. Yeah, I don't know, I looked at a lot of resources online and stuff and, um, you know, just made sure, like, so, you know, the first thing we were going to do is um, the door time thing. Yeah. Where you just feed them on opposite sides of the door. And, like, mm-hmm. we had done this with treats, you know, where we had, like, treats on both sides, either side of the door. And we'd, yeah. like, do that together regularly. But I'm like, no, okay, we're stepping it up. We're doing the the only food they are getting is when they are at the door. Yeah. This morning was our first time doing it. And Amira has a routine. <laughs> she has a very, you know... We've been here for a while, so we've been in the same place. 
Okay. Um, longer than we've been anywhere else together. Um, you know, especially with the diabetes, everything's very on time. Yeah. So me taking her food upstairs was, like was so upsetting to her. She was like, she was like, what are you doing? What are you planning? She just does not trust me, <laughs> which makes me sound so bad, but she thinks Anytime I change the routine, that it's because something's going to happen. Like, right. oh, I couldn't feed you today, so you're going to the vet. That means you're going to the vet. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I made you take a pill or something. That means, you know. So she was just like, not. She just, I was like, I have not your food. And she it. was like, absolutely not. And like, <laughs> she was under the bed. She knows how to get under the washer and dryer. Oh, she. God. Like, and she was just doing the, like, no. Like, no, I was like, no. hey, Amira, do you want to come and eat? And she's like, oh, like, what are you going to do with me? But eventually, with, uh, I, I got the treats out and was there able to coax her and showed her that, no, nothing's happening. We're just eating here she's now. doing something new. And she's like, <laughs> I don't like it. Once she real, I, well, because then we did it today for dinner again. And she was totally fine. I was like, come on, Amira. She yeah. went up ahead of me. She came nice. right out. I was like, here you go, girl. And she was like, great. So I think we're back on track. So good. that's good. I mean, we did and, uh, like pal's the cat great. tent with Minnow and even Hobbit when we were introducing him to KK. But the, the oh, yeah. tent doesn't always work, especially if the other cat feels trapped. Um yeah, I think we're going to be um, adding some shelves for them to travel more places in our house. Nice. Yeah, having just because extra hides and high places lets a cat. Especially with Vincent. <laughs> Not that he is the problem Yes, that's a big part of it, too. He's very... Although, honestly, like... I don't know if it was this... No, this morning I put him out. There's one time I was like, hey, can you... I'm like, stay here while I go take care of the cats. And you know what? He did. So thank you, Vincent. He's been very good. <laughs> Pal doesn't quite know what to do with him, but does anyone? Yeah. Well, I think I think they'll be able to coexist eventually. You know, like I said, we're gonna take it slow as long as yeah. as long as they need. Um, but like even like their initial interactions, it like Amira doesn't react necessarily with hostility that he's there. Necessarily, yeah. like, she's curious and wants to check him out, but does not want to be perceived. While checking, like, she's like, I need you to stay still and not look at me while I sniff you. Because <laughs> it's when he looks at her that she's like, oh, no, like, ah, I wasn't looking. Right, have you read anything? No, I've been too busy having um, a time. How about you? Well, I've I've really ramped up some freelance stuff I'm doing. So I've been plowing through some audiobooks. Um, nice. I'll just say the mo the one I'm working on now is How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Oh, nice. So it's Grady Hendrix's newest book. Um, Did you finish the Shudda Trader Baru Kamar? No, the monster. No, I decided to take a break. It is a 26-hour audiobook. Yeah. It's kind of a no, lot. I asked I had, that was you said that last time. I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, I I, I finished Monster and then I started okay. Trader, but um, yeah, so I'm taking a little break. Um, That's valid. Yeah, and so this one's good. It's about you know a woman, her 
parents die kind of unexpectedly. And so she has to go and like deal with this. And she has this brother that she hasn't really spoken to in five years and they don't get along and their parents' house is haunted. <laughs> so Whoops. yeah, there's a lot of puppets. Um, it's wild. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we'll highly recommend as okay. you know, all the stores have their Halloween stuff out, so I can start my spooky season reads, I think. Yeah. Not that sure I ever that need time. a season. Well, are you ready to talk about fictional cats? Yes. Well, let's go beat up Wind Clan, because I'm Emberheart. And I'm Tangleton. And this is Warrior Cats. What is that? <laughs> So Wind Clan stole some Shadow Clan prey. Is that what happened? I I don't think I I like remembered what the drama. I literally edited that episode like recently, and I don't think I was like, wow. I was there's times where I'm like, Brenna, you were not paying attention, but you did say something to make it sound like you were paying attention. But if you're listening close enough, you can tell I wasn't. <laughs> it's a superpower. You got this. Yeah. So I didn't. Even, I knew there was beef happening, but I couldn't remember what the cause was. I just thought they were around because I think that's enough of a reason from what we've seen. <laughs> Shadow Clan's always looking for a chance to beat up Wind Clan. Well, not even just Shadow Clan. It, it, it's like every clan Everyone. with their neighbor. You know. Yeah. We hate our neighbors. So we've got beef with Wind Clan. Yeah. Yeah. Someone has to. And there's a Wing Clan patrol coming our way because we went to Wing Clan territory to be like, hey. Hey. Stonetooth stops his patrol to let Wind Clan come to them. Reed right, Feather is leading the Wind Clan cats. We are going to try talking to them first, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's what Stonetooth and, said. It is, and it is, but, it is. Gosh, what do we call winter? Bear leaf? Leaf bear? Wow. Close. Um... So it's leaf bear, so don't still pray, but also like I think it's I think it's it's beginning new leaf. So Oh. You know, we're like at the tail end of our starvation. I think I've said this before, but the many crimes that I know that they eventually do to <laughs> Wind Clan don't I mean I know we're, well, actually, from how this story goes, maybe I don't need to be very generous to Shadow Clan. No. Yeah, you want, I would say, um, we're going to be critical bad... of Shadow Clan because they kind of have uh, some bad views. Yeah. Yeah. But I won't unnecessarily hate them. I mean, I don't no, think no, I no, no. Justify. We will be critical of, of Shadow yeah. Clan as we are critical of all clans. Exactly. Thunder Clan's weird. Um, <laughs> River Clan's also mm, cut their stuff. Wind Clan has just been. They have a victim complex and like lash <laughs> out about that. <laughs> um, and I mean, I just want to be careful because I know. I'm of all the clans, I do think Shadow Clan gets painted as the bad guy most often. But to be fair, yeah. when you have that many evil leaders, 
yeah. got to start wondering, is it like, <laughs> is it the culture, guys? <laughs> so we have Reed Feather leading the Wind Clan cats. Okay. And we know Reed Feather. Remember? Yeah, yeah oh, Willow wait. Shine's oh. dad. Gosh. He's. Wait, I don't remember who he is. Uh, so back in Crooked Star's Promise. Yes. We had uh, Crooked Star's wife, remember, was actually half Wind Clan. And her oh, dad okay. came and took her back. Yes. And so this is the dad. This He's is that dad. kidnapping children. Yes. So once he reaches them, he faces Stone Tooth. What are they doing on Wind Clan territory? Reedfeather asks. Doesn't he know? Stone Tooth challenged. They found pigeon feathers on their side of the Thunderpath with Wind Clan scent and paw marks. They've been stealing Shadow Clan's prey. Reedfeather denies this. He says they chased that pigeon from their own territory. And that makes it Wind Clan prey. Oh, we've had this argument before. And we will continue having this argument forever. Oh, God. Like, nail it down, which, like, make a decision and stick to it. It should be, it should be in the rule book at this point. Yeah, we need to make a code. <laughs> but for real, like, we're not even joking about that. Yeah, we need an addendum on the, you know... Don't steal another clan's prey, like, and what exactly that means, because, oh, Jesus. Stonetooth growls. That isn't true, and Reedfeather knows it. Or we need cat lawyers, because it's, like, one of those parts of laws where it genuinely will always be in the gray area. I can think of, like, so many circumstances. Yeah. It'll be addendum among addendum. I've been watching a lot of court TV recently, so. Oh, my goodness. Reedfeather tenses for bristling, and Yellowpaw can smell his fear. His patrol is smaller, and the cats look weak and too skinny to fight. Yellowpaw feels a pang of sympathy. They look like they haven't eaten a proper meal in moons. Maybe they deserved that pigeon. She shakes herself. That's a mouse-brained thought. She's a ShadowClan warrior, or she will be. And these are her enemies. But you can see, we it's, can see the seeds of compassion that Yellow yeah, I'm, I'm really say, has. It's weird that she, I'm, I'm curious to know when she stops training as a warrior. Because I feel like, I mean, the medicine cat from what we've seen is already kind of picked up. Because I, I feel like that whole scene where the medicine cat was showing her the herbs is not something that always happens. I think it should happen. I think we should yeah. treat, we should tell kits right away what these things do god why don't they do that it would make patrols so much like more interesting <laughs> well i think i think they do because like we had like um little bird like explaining to yellow paw like about the herbs that you know yeah but i'm saying like we should t teach it to kids like as soon as we teach kids in our worlds like stop drop and roll because like why did kids yeah. get poisoned so young you know we yeah, teach yeah. kids safety things like real early Mm -hmm. You know, stranger danger, you know, this is my don't touch square, the stove. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's things that you do to protect kids. And I think like this letting them know, hey, here are things that you might want to put in your mouth. Don't. <laughs> Did you ever get um they in elementary school? They brought like uh, 
like a like a container and it had like drugs in their lookalikes or something <laughs> like this is a bad drug but this is a good or like like this is aspirin but this is meth i don't know whoa not specifically i can't remember i we very uh, gosh i don't i don't remember really you don't remember your dare teachings no i i like we had we must have had it was like a cop who came and showed it to us and everything I genuinely don't remember that. I I don't have a good memory of, like, a part of my elementary experience. I rem- well, there must have been, because we, like, definitely, like, met a drug dog, I think. I do remember <laughs> in, like, high school when they did the mock, uh, like, uh, car crash. That was traumatizing. <laughs> did you guys do that? Where they're like, here's your friends who are in theater. Now they're pretending to die. No, the, oh, the, we had to that? watch like a graphic video of like teens crashing. Th- Jesus, was, it was our classmates, and then we walked outside to a car wreck, and then watched the first responders come and pull Sylvia, my friend, out of the car wreck. Oh my goodness, she was the only one who lived, you know, because that's messed up. Well, she was a really good actress. It made sense. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, no that, the whole situation's really messed up. They didn't up. do that? Like, there are kids... No! Anyway, we should, we should really I'm sorry, cover this God. Book. Education station, this girl has empathy. Reedfeather hisses that they need to leave. They are not welcome on their territory. Stonetooth says they're not going anywhere until WinClan has been taught a lesson. Oh, okay. I thought... All right. That escalated All a right. bit. Reedfeather says he's made his point. They'll stay on their side of the border from now on. Can the lesson be like an essay that we write? Stonetooth does not reply with words. He oh. leaps at the Wind Clan deputy, taking him to the ground. What is Stonetooth just a warrior or is he the deputy? He's the deputy. Deputy. It's, it's deputy versus deputy. I don't know if I like that because the guy was backing off. I mean, he was, yeah, he was being a little snippy, but was this worth bloodshed? We'll see who dies. Then it'll be, we'll question that. Fighting explodes around Yellow Paw. For a moment, she's frozen, but pulls herself together to lunge at a Wind Clan cat on top of Nutpaw. Can you imagine Nut babysitting paw. and bringing that kid that you're babysitting to an alley fight? <laughs> You sent the littlest kids home, but the 12-year-olds can stay. Yeah, no, it's Boys and Girls Club, but also Fight Club. Yeah. I'm just like, I I feel like when that scream, where the, the fighting exploded around her, I'm just imagining how literally overwhelming that is. I like it when they kind of yeah. bring the apprentices, but tell them kind of like, you're going to be lookout. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, the, don't you like just stay bring them, back there. You know, don't like, give them trial by fire situation. So Nutpaw thanks her, and she whirls around. Yellowpaw feels a burning scratch down her side, but can't spot the cat who dealt the blow. Yellowpaw finds herself facing a dark tabby warrior. She had thought of them as small and skinny, but they are also full-grown warriors and much bigger than her. The tom hits her in the ear so hard that her world goes dark for a moment. She's trying the move she's learned, but the tom just keeps batting her down, and she lands wrong. He's too strong. 
Out of the way, Ragged Paw flashes past her, throwing her to the side, and hurls himself onto the tom. The Wind Clan Tabby is sent fleeing after this battle. He doesn't even look at Yellowpaw before dashing into a fight between Scorchpaw and Reedfeather. Thanks, Van. She thinks indignantly that Raggedpaw thought he had to rescue her. But she also admires his courage and fighting skills. Like, I'm not even being sexist. You genuinely were getting your butt kicked. Yeah. (laughs) When she gets to her paws, it feels like every scrap of her pelt's been ripped off. But when she gives herself a once-over, all she sees is the scratch down her side. Yellowpaw looks for her next opponent, but the fight is pretty much over. Oh, was someone else getting the crap beat out of them? See, this is this is where her superpower gets a little confusing because maybe the because I was gonna be like, man, what's with this older dude just beating the crap out of the kid? But maybe they like, you know, okay. There's two possibilities here. Okay, this guy was beating the crap out of her. Got one good swipe at her, realized that's a kid, and like shoot their claws and was just kind of like battering her around a bit, being like, get out of here, get out of here. Or he from the get go was going in paws sheathed. And, you know, just being like, get out of here, kid. And then someone else was getting the crap beat out of them. <laughs> and she was feeling that. Um, I'm very confused. So, I mean, even though claws are out, not every blow is going to draw blood necessarily. Like, I it'll scratch. are covered in fur. Yeah. So, and she has very like, thick fur. Like, that's yeah. already been but, commented on. But we're talking about her being able to sense other people's pain. Everybody is getting all of these scratches. Oh, God. So she's feeling all of them? Yeah. That's a lot. She's going to leave every battle being like, like throwing up. Wow. (laughs) Like, just like, oh, I hate this. Reedfeather is the last to flee, and Rowanpaw follows hard on his paws. But Stonetooth calls her back. There's no need to pursue a defeated enemy. I don't know, man. Maybe lead by example? Yellowpaw thinks she hears a note of sympathy in the deputy's voice as he watches what? the Wind Clan patrol leave. Where was the sympathy Gotta show your strength. minutes ago? Stonetooth orders them to return to Shadow Clan territory. As they headed back, the apprentices bunched together, chatting, uh, chattering excitedly about the fight. Yellowpaw doesn't join in. She's growing more and more annoyed that Raggedpaw had flung her aside in the battle. Like, I think that's, it's not so much that he came to help, is that he literally threw her to the side and then went in. I guess. But I just... Like, and she's like, none of the other apprentices had to be rescued. Does he think she can't fight? Yeah. So she's just, she's just annoyed. The clan greets their patrol with yowls of welcome, and Cedar Star thanks them all. They have shown their enemies that they will defend what is theirs with teeth and claws. Tonight, they hold a feast in their honor. We have feasts and the ca- here? All right. Yeah, we have feasts. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily much more extravagant than any other mealtime, but we all do it together. Okay. You know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like it's a—it's not quite a, a, a like a holiday dinner, but everyone's here. Yeah. So the cats on the patrol who were on that patrol get to pick the best pieces of prey. 
Some warriors are lamenting that they wish they had been there. Hollyflower tells them that there will be other chances. Wind Clan isn't going anywhere. And Shadow Clan will be ready for them, Archie agrees. Yellowpaw feels a shiver of delight. She's glad she belongs to such a strong clan. They won't ever turn against me. Yeah. Poor. Uh, all right. <laughs> Poor Yellowfang. The clan is fully fed and drowsily sharing tongues as Stonetooth tells the clan the story of the battle. And when he finishes, he says Wind Clan won't bother them again for a long time. And part of that is thanks to five apprentices that were with them. Our clan should be proud of them. Cedar Star says those are wide words. And from the story he's told, there is already a new warrior among us. Ragged Paw, come here, Cedar Star says. Ragged Paw sprang up. He hesitates, but goes to stand in front of his leader. Murmurs of surprise sound from the gathered cats. How long has he been training? Um, I mean... Yeah, it's been it's been probably around six moons at least. Okay. Because he's he's four moons older than Yellowpaw. I just was wondering why everyone was so surprised. Yeah, I don't like maybe it's not quite time yet, but you know, he's just it's like so two good. weeks early. Yeah. He says the words of the warrior ceremony, and Ragged Paw promises to uphold the warrior code and defend his clan, even at the cost of his life. By the power of Star Clan, Cedar Star gives him his warrior name, Ragged Pelt. Because I guess he's a scrunky boy. Little scrunk boy. Star Clan honors his courage and skill in battle. The clan yowls his new name. Yellowpaw joins in, but reluctantly, because she's still salty about him throwing her out of the way, like she was just some troublesome kit. Scorchpaw looks furious, and it must be tough falling behind his litter mate. So, like, one brother got a promotion, and the other did not. Yeah, and this isn't, unfortunately, not every brother can be, uh, uh, Crooked Star and, uh, Oak. Oak yeah. It's rough. As the owls died away, Yellowpaw is surprised to see Ragged Pelt walk towards her. He stops in front of her and dips his head, and he tells her he's sorry that he pushed her aside in the battle. It's not that he doesn't mm-hmm. think she can fight, but that Wind Clan cat was too strong for her. You were getting batted around like a literal piñata, my friend. Like, that guy was a a very enthusiastic child with a bat, and you were a candy-filled paper mache, uh, you know, character of your choice. (laughs) Yellowpaw opens her mouth for a scathing retort, but stops herself. He was right. (laughs) She's like, okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm this... This story right now, and I do know it is a love story because I know what happens with these yep. two. It reminds me a little bit of what we saw happen with Firestar and Sandstorm. There was a yeah. moment where he saved her where she, and she was like, 
excuse you to him up until that point but it's a little bit it's a little bit different this time because she's offended that the fact he even did help her you know yeah i think it was probably not really a moment of chivalry but more so there's my ally getting the crap and the only thing he could think to do was to push her (laughs) you know not really (laughs) not really maybe the like smoothest way but also we're in the thick of battle yeah, he's just like, ah, ah. <laughs> so instead, Yellowpaw just mutters that it's okay. Ragged Pelt lets out a little purr. He is looking forward to joining her on patrol when she's a warrior. Stop, these two are cute, and I'm gonna, I'm sad. He dips his head to her again and pads off to join the other warriors. Rowan Paw leans in close to Yellowpaw. Ragged Pelt likes you, she teases. Yellowpot says nonsense. He's just a clanmate. Who else? Who else, though, guys? <laughs> but as she watches Ragged Pelt join Brackenfoot and Featherstorm outside the warrior's den, Yellowpaw felt a warm glow spreading through her from ears to tail tip. Ragged Pelt had come looking for her. Maybe he doesn't think she's a troublesome kit anymore. Quite the change from last week, or it's, I know it's been longer, we had a time skip, but <laughs> last time he like saw her fighting and he was like, ugh, stupid kid, even though they are like only a few moons apart, which I will also say I do yeah. like that these two were practices together, even though their time didn't fully overlap. Um, when it comes to, we've had some trouble with like, relationship timelines and i would say these two i think are a healthy time difference like age difference if there is like this is your ideal yeah we have to we have to recognize half a year apart basically yeah we have to recognize that the dating pool is small and as long as they're consenting adults but it is weird but yeah when like we do have like generational gaps i would say yeah but you know yeah you know, it, but there are situations where it's like, ah, okay, all right. I mean, who else was it going to be? <laughs> yeah. So Shadow Clan is the last to arrive at the gathering. It's only Yellowpaw's second time attending, and the amount of cats is daunting. Brightflower comes to her side and tells her she'll be fine. Of course she will, Brackenfoot agrees. He used to get nervous at gatherings. He waves her over to a spot sheltered by some bracken. Here, Yellowpaw can get a good view, but won't be easily seen, and the ferns will keep other cats from crowding her too much. Yellowpaw touches her nose to her- I don't remember who anyone is. I'm sorry. Yellowpaw touches her nose to her father's shoulder, grateful oh my for his God, understanding. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what, what did you say? I didn't know who he was. Oh, yeah, no, dad. So that's, I thought that was very sweet. He's like, oh, I can see you're uncomfortable. Instead of saying, you'll get over it or something. He's like, here, here's a spot for you where you can kind of like feel a little more secure and like people won't get so close to you. And that's very sweet. I do like that. I like when dads are dads in these stories. Yeah. Um, and it's always, it always seems to be these Bracken boys who are just good dads. Yeah, we got some nice Bracken boys. And I do like that. He's like, I want you to be involved because I don't want you to think that you shouldn't, like, you know, it's a it's a nice way to be, like, a 
um, hey, this is overwhelming, but I know that you'll still want to, like, see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the gathering, you know, everybody's there. It's, yeah, it's a know. very crowded room, and, and sometimes people yeah. are yelling at you, specifically yeah. your clan. <laughs> Yellowpaw sees two sleek and well-fed warriors. She asks Brackenfoot who they are. And he says it's Oakheart and Timberfur from River Clan, which I will point out that Oakheart and Crooked Jaw or Crooked Star are younger than Yellowfang. Yeah, we're um, like we're so, having we're having some timeline uh Yeah, here, um, so yeah, that cannot be. Uh so that's one of those, you know, inconsistencies where it, Whoops. Yeah, so she's definitely older than him. Yes, yes, she is. I mean, only like, like I think we you know, did like a few, se- like three seasons, but still, it'd be weird like, that yeah. he's a warrior before her. <laughs> yeah, so forget that. I don't know what kind of future Brackenfoot was seeing, but I'm sure he was. He he just he, he somehow guessed his warrior name. Like he's actually just. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who Timberfur is. I know he was older than Oak. Yeah, Timberfur is older. So sure. then maybe he just was like, ah, oh, what's that kid's name? Is he a paw still? I don't know, Oakheart. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they would be apprentices by this time yet, but um, yeah, maybe he's just um, a very tough looking apprentice and was like, wow, that guy's got to be a warrior. He'd have to be an apprentice to be here, so. <laughs> yeah, I think the authors just didn't realize they, that yeah, he they sh- shouldn't be like. Whoopsies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, this is one of the books with a lot of canon inconsistencies. Just a little bit of fun with the timeline. Right? It's fun to talk about. Everyone's like, no! We hate this, specifically! (laughs) Brackenfoot says they don't see RiverClan cats often, since they don't share a border with them. And Brightflower adds that they look so plump and shiny because they eat fish from the river. But they're just warriors like the rest of them. Wouldn't River frogs Clan. make your fur look nice? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe not as nice as fish. Magical. Sa- oh, I do need to correct myself. Um, salamanders do hibernate. Um, I'm. I was thinking of like certain lizards that are kept in captivity. I, I was thinking specifically uh, leopard geckos. Leopard geckos, if you keep them in captivity, they don't. They do habitat. They do hibernate. I, I just got, I just, I was like, I don't want the lizard people to come for me. I know they wouldn't because lizard people are great, but <laughs> yes, lizards in like rural yeah. England do hibernate because that's what they do. Yeah, so cold. I, but hey, this guy decided to come on out. That was someone's pet. <laughs> <laughs> Some kid had a newt in a jar oh, for a no. couple months and it got out because it didn't want to be a newt yeah. in a jar and it got immediately eaten by a cat. <laughs> Ouch, that's rough. Yellowpaw suppresses a sigh as Foxpaw bounces into sight. She goes to Ragged Pelt's side. She tells him there's some RiverClan apprentices over there that she's been telling how he fought off those WindClan warriors. He needs to come meet them. Oh, God, we Ragged already hated Pelt this girl. And now, ugh. Yes, we are supposed to hate Foxpaw. And it, it, like girl, they, they really drive it home that you are not supposed to like Foxpaw. And good Lord, when we give her her warrior name, it's kind of like like a step too far. Um, what does it mean? 
so um yeah so we well, the reader's not supposed it. to like foxpaw yeah so ragged pelt shakes his head and foxpaw nudges him impatiently come on they want to see his moves Yellowpaw sees a glint of anger in Ragged Pelt's eyes. No, he tells Foxpaw. The gathering is a time of peace. There's no fighting allowed, and she shouldn't be stirring up trouble by talking about battles between the clans. You know what this Which, reminds me of? Reminds me very much hmm. of the f- earlier books in Anne of Green Gables. Or even like Little House yeah. on the Prairie when they start going to school. Um, it's It's very much like young literature for girls where it was more so girl versus girl um i don't think you see it as much for like literature for young kids but there's always like that girl you know like lizzie mcguire and like all those like shows like that that girl in the class was just kind of mean and obnoxious and the cute boys always just like don't like her but you're not like other girls are you yellow are you yellow paw uh Yes, it's but Ragged Pelt's response, I think, is you know very mature. Yeah, no, and I think it makes sense. That's what actually I was thinking it before he said. I'm like, I don't think you should do that at a gathering. Well, Foxpaw glares at him. He thinks he knows everything just because he's a warrior now. She spun around and stormed off. Girly, it's a legitimate rule. <laughs> he's a <Yeah>. nerd. <laughs> he's literally the teacher's pet, being like, um. No, I don't want to get in trouble for talking in class. <laughs> and that's why he wants Yellowfin, because she's a little nerd, too. Are you kidding me? Yellowpaw goes to Ragged Pelt's side, and she mutters that Foxpaw is a stupid furball. He was right, too. But Yellowpaw realizes that suddenly they are surrounded by several young WinClan warriors. They pace around the two of them, and Yellowpaw recognizes one from the battle. Not so brave now, are they? He sneers. Not without their mentor and clanmates. What? What? Ragged clan? What are you doing? Hey. Guys, stop justifying the terrible crimes that happened to you in like literally a decade. (laughs) Ragged Pelt tenses and says this is no time to talk about fighting. That's a good excuse, the Wind Clan cat snorts. It's literally Yellowpaw's- the rule. It's like oh, the only rule we have here, like for this event. Yeah. There's like no we, dress we code. There's a few rules that we actually legitimately stick to, and the clouds will get angry. Yeah. Yellowpaw snaps at them to go away. They wouldn't dare say that to Ragged Pelt if he was allowed to fight them. Oh, so he's Ragged Pelt now, another Wind Clan warrior says. Shadow Clan must be really short on warriors. Yeah. Maybe he just one kicked says, your butt so good they decided to make him one. Do you guys ever think of that? Well, also, why are there seven of you? This is so weird. You guys were like that. You're like, ooh, we're, we're so tough. Oh, yeah. Why are there so many of you to fight two guys? Yeah, one says. He needs an apprentice to defend him. Just what you'd expect from a kitty pet. Oh, oh no. That? Ragged Pelt freezes. Yellowpaw knows that's the worst thing anyone could have said to him. Ragged Pelt's claws slid out and he spins around to the Wind Clan cat. What did he just call him? He snarls. His voice is low and dangerous. Say it again. 
and he'll slice his ears off. Yellowpaw fights back her panic. Ragged would get in so much trouble if he fought at a gathering. <laughs> he was a rule father or until you guys got all mean. It's the one thing he's not cool about. Yellowpaw jumps in between the two of them. She has the wind clown cat where he heard that. Every cat knows, he replies. Still, he adds, I'll admit that Ragged Paw fights well. For a soft kitty. Ragged Pelt shoulders Yellowpaw aside, but a new voice breaks in. What's all this? It's Reedfeather. He's headed towards them, eyes narrowed, fur bristling. Come get your kids. Uh, uh, they were just um, one of the young Wind Clan cats' falters. Reedfeather tells him and the other Wind Clan cats sternly to get back to their clanmates. The gathering is about to start. Yellowpaw thinks that the cat who started this would argue, but he thinks better of it and slinks past Reedfeather towards more WindClan cats. His friends follow, heads down, tails drooping. Reedfeather looks to Yellowpaw and Ragged Pelt. He gives them a tiny nod before following his young warriors. So thank you, Ragged Pelt, for coming to get your unruly children. Hmm? Like, that would have been cool, man, if I knew you didn't, like, actively kidnap kids. Ragged Pelt's claws dig into the earth. His fur is still bristling as he watches the WindClan cats leave. Yellowpaw whispers at him to calm down. Cedar Star can see him from up there. The anger in his eyes dies. He hates it when they gossip about him. And Yellowpaw feels a surge of sympathy. She asks him if he's asked Featherstorm about his father. Over and over, Ragged Pelt sighs, but she won't tell him. She says it doesn't matter as long as he's loyal to Shadow Clan. But Yellowpaw can tell that it does matter to Ragged Pelt. She asks if Scorchpaw knows anything. Ragged Pelt shrugs. Scorchpaw doesn't care, but he. Pine Star calls for the meeting to begin. Ragged Pelt settles down beside her to listen, and Yellowpaw thinks that she won't forget this. She needs to help Ragged Pelt somehow. This isn't over. This is so cute. <gasps> Would you like to hit me with a cat fact? Yes, I did spend, like, I was trying to, like, write the write down the cat fact, and I just, like, kept being like, what if I made a song? Like, what if I made a song? And then my brain got stuck on Cat careers. They have cat careers. Employed here. They work here because they're cats with careers. And then it kind of fell apart. So I thought that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's to the tune of Backyard Against Castaways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bless. Which I have to say, I, me and my siblings were very much not like too old to be watching that and did watch that like one summer like religiously so no i didn't know that song just from tiktok heck yeah look at you (laughs) but uh i'm gonna send you a little picture so you can see what we're chatting about (laughs) oh oh (laughs) it's it's beautiful very beautiful 
And just wait till you learn this boy. Name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, time for a bit of a history lesson with our cat career. Um, now, we spend a lot of time in England. Uh, but why not learn about some very productive productive cats of the British Post Office headquarters. Ho, ho, ho. So cats were officially employed by the British Post Office since nine, since 1868. Um, probably, you know, unofficially, there's probably some cats hanging out before then. We can't prove it. Um, oh, I'm sure. There's always cats where they shouldn't be before the people give in. Yeah. Let them <laughs> but these, these guys were officially hired. Uh, three cats Excellent. were brought in to deal with a growing rodent problem. It was only a trial run. They had six months to make a difference or else they would be fired. High stakes oh, for a job that was only paying one shilling a week. Um, and I got to say, the the monetary system, I, tr- I was struggling to make it make sense of like, because <laughs> in all the sources, they had like the shortened version. I was like, okay, what is 1D equal? Or half P. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was going insane. So I, I'm not even going to tell you guys what this like equals in real money amount. Because I couldn't tell you. I tried. I tried. Okay, okay. But but wait. They paid the cats? I, I also didn't figure out where <laughs> the cats are keeping their money. Um, I <laughs> So a shilling is like... <sighs> there's 20 shillings... In a something or something. I don't know. It's enough money to get like a tin of tuna in 1868, probably. So I'm imagining okay. the shillings going towards their lodging and food because they lived in the post office. I don't know if I, I the one shilling is officially written down. They were paid. So, so they were paid. I'm sure they tucked them behind their ears. Yeah. I don't think that they in were like, fupas. you know, putting that into their retirement. I think they were using that to actively take care of the cats. Um so, it was only a trial great. run, but those three cats made a big difference. Uh, they oh, yeah? dealt with the rat problem promptly, and that earned them lifetime employment and a raise. So, <laughs> so they, they, they started getting one shilling and sixpence in 1878. Um, so, oh, my gosh. I don't know. Slightly higher tinned fish. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... This guy looks like he's had a lot of tinned fish. Well, that's... We're going to get to him. Okay, um, okay. Those three cats... Uh, uh, time passed, but, and cats continued to be employed by the British Post Office. One of the most mm-hmm. famous is the guy I have linked to you, uh, and he is known as Tibbs the Great. Um, oh. He's a little bit of a Nepo baby because he was born to his mother, Minnie, who I believe was employed. I do know that she was known to be a fine cat. Uh, she bore him in 1950. Father unknown, but it doesn't matter. Um, no, it doesn't. It's okay. Hey, as long as he stays loyal to his post office. Yeah. And uh, both of them were actually owned by a nearby church caretaker, Alf Talbot, who cared for them both and but you know like he's like oh you get to work at the post office um (laughs) now (laughs) you bring me home one shilling and six pence a week (laughs) i i'm sure you can tell by the photo but tips the great was pretty great uh he was a hefty 23 pounds in his lifetime he's so round i know and how does he catch anything well 
It would make sense that he was so big, as he did spend most of his free time in the post office break room. But he did keep uh. that place mouse-free. All right, all right, as long as you're doing your job. He had firm but fair service, uh, shown in an incident where he actually caught an interloping pigeon who was then released unharmed. So, you know, he's like, stop. <laughs> okay, wait, you're not a mouse. You can go. <laughs> he's like, this is... Not in my job description, actually, yeah. so. <laughs> I'm rat control, not pigeon control. Um, Yeah, this is, I'm I'm a union worker, and, you know, this is. Funny you that call you the bring other that up, because <laughs> in 1952, there was quite an outrage when the public found out that he was only paid two shillings and six pence a week. That was, oh there had only been a measly one Criminal. shilling raise since 1918. So th- wow. that's barely a raise in over 80 years of cat service. <laughs> you How think I'm joking? The prices of tuna have risen. You think I'm joking. But they made the assistant postmaster, David Gammons, on the House of Commons floor answer to the question, quote, when the allowance of payable for the maintenance of cats in his department was last raised, unquote. In in a legal <laughs> governmental setting, they asked this man, why aren't you paying your cats more? And his answer, are you ready? No. This isn't the full, like, almost letter he wrote, but uh, I think it gets the main points across. Quote, There is, I'm afraid, a certain amount of industrial chaos in the post office cat world. (laughs) These servants of the state are, however, frequently unreliable, uh, capricious in their duties, and liable to prolonged absenteeism. There has been a general wave wage freeze since July 1918, but there have been no complaints, unquote, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, like they did raise the amount that the cats get paid, probably just to cover the cost of what they get fed. But obviously, yeah. Tips the Great is being fed like, I don't know, provolone out of people's lunchboxes because he was not just surviving on two pence and a shilling. No, or, sorry, that two is shillings not and a half just... pence. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and and I also... Can we do that for people next? <laughs> I also want to say, um, uh, Gammon's also pointed out that uh, the cats, quote, had adu- adequate maternity service, unquote. Oh. And there was equal pay of all genders of all cats. So, like, it didn't matter if you were girl cat or boy cat, you got paid the same. So, and and the women cat, it, or I guess, I don't know if maternity service meant they got them fixed. I'm imagining they weren't because this is the 1950s. But, like, if they got pregnant, they were like, okay, well, you don't have to. <laughs> I know our wages are a little low. But they have great benefits. <laughs> yeah, like, literally. Um, they have so much PTO. Um, they actually, did they get health care because it's noted that he got, like, an ear infection cared for. So. Yeah. These great health care. Uh, they were literally leave. union workers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, So these post office cats were 
like clearly well cared for, as Tibbs the Great lived until 1964, a total of 14 years of service. Oh, wow. When he passed his Post office hero. I know. His obituary was printed in multiple papers where Talbot, the guy who uh, was the owner of his mom and him, commented that, quote, there will never be another Tibbs, unquote. He also called him Tibby. Um, And, you know, he might have been right because uh, about two decades later, the British post office retired the position of post office cat. Um, with Blackie, uh, who passed in 1984, he was the last one who served because they actually updated um, the bags that carry the um, post, uh, and it's rodent resistant now. You know, it's oh, excellent, tougher. <laughs> oh my gosh, technology <laughs> just putting cats out of work. Well, and I imagine uh, they might have other, like, chemical means or traps that would be more dangerous to animals. And I think if yeah, the probably. main problem was cat or, like, rodents, like, chewing through the bags, um, you know, now that we've dealt... And I've never, like, thought about it. I'm like, wow. I have seen, like, those giant post office bins, and I've seen the fabric. I'm like, that canvas must be rodent resistant in some way, because I've actually never seen... Because m- mice will make holes in whatever, so... yeah. Uh, it, it, I've never seen that before. And I'm like, oh, you know what? It makes sense that, that they must be rodent resistant. Never thought about that. But um, so, yeah, for a good long time, probably almost 100 years, we did have actually exactly 100 years. Uh, there were post office cats and, and there probably still are, um, you know, in more rural areas, uh, but it no longer in the headquarters in London. Um, but for the time that they were there, they were well cared cared for. Um, were they well paid? Mm, debatable. But also, like, where was the money going? I want to know. Did they get, like, little <laughs> envelopes with just the shilling and the pence? Um, oh, I gotta keep it between my beans. Yeah. So I I had a lot of fun looking into this. And I... I for those who know more about outdated British currency, you can do the math. I, I tried to bring that to you, but it also depends of like, okay, am I talking about what it was worth then or what it would be worth now? And we just... We just know that it didn't keep up with inflation, so... <laughs> no, I mean, it did go up in 1918. They did get a... Well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, they had to bring it... Well, yeah. Yeah, the fact that uh, they didn't get a raise in 80 years, I think, was what was unfair. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, this hard work. Uh, uh, Please go look at the sources and look at the full statement that David Gammons gave, because it's very funny how officially this guy dealt with a very ridiculous question. Like, it's hilarious i i just i i narrowed it down to the good bits for the podcast but um yeah very easily you can you can find like the official like minutes of the house of commons and read it <laughs> out. Um, beautiful yeah so those were our post office cats oh, thank you brenna i always like when we head to britain you know we got we got giant maybe maybe real monster cats and, and now our post office cats and we've had a few other uh uh, British cats who've done some amazing things. Well, and of course, all of these warrior cats are British cats. They are, which, again, would be so funny if we did the voices, but I also like you and don't want to make you do that. Thank you. <laughs> all right, let's get back to it. All right. Curled in her nest that night, 
Yellowpaw couldn't settle. She can't stop thinking about Ragged Pelt and his troubles. And she thinks about how she knows her parents. How, even if Brackenfoot died, she would remember him. And she loves that she looks like Brightflower. It makes her feel safe in her clan. And she wants Ragged Pelt to feel that too. He had attacked that Wind Clan Tom so bravely. He is such a brilliant warrior. There's no way that he's half kitty pet. Is he? Girlie, your empathy's gonna get you in trouble. Ragged Pelt deserves to know the truth, she decides. Oh, God. Well, Whatever detectives. happens. Well, you know, and like he did mention that he keeps asking his mother. He's begging his mother to tell him. So this is obviously some. It's not just. It's not just her like projecting, you know. Yeah, no, necessarily. I know. I just. The, I also forget these are kids. It's like an adult might have a different perspective on, on why an adult woman maybe doesn't want to tell her kid who the dad yeah. is. Because like, even if it's not a kitty pet, it might not be a great guy. Or it might not yeah. be someone, it, it might be, I mean, God, it could be Brackenfur. And like, then, I mean, I, God, I hope it isn't. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, even if it's not a kitty pet, it could be a wind clan cat. <laughs> it's Reed Feather. Again. Uh, would we be surprised? <laughs> no. Forgot to come kidnap these ones. He he got his way all the way over to River Clan. He could do that. <laughs> Ragged Pelt deserves to know the truth, she decides. Whatever happens, surely that's the important thing. Uh, she has to find out who his father is. I did not expect this to go like Harriet the Spy. Oh yeah, we're going there. At the crack of dawn, Yellowpaw goes to the Elder's Den. She needs to do this before Deer Pelt comes looking for her. Deer Pelt? Her, her mentor? Wait, is that her mentor's name? Yeah. It's Sorry, a, I've been it's like... It's somebody. It's, it definitely starts with a deer. It's definitely deer. Deer leap. Jesus Christ. <sighs> I don't know any better. It only matters if the audience knows. And I don't. Yeah, right. Everyone else is like, uh, but, hey, Maureen, what was that? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, them. <laughs> so she needs to do this before Deer Leap comes looking for her. She still feels a pang of grief seeing the two cats curled up. Silver Flame should be there, too. Oh, this is smart, though. Grandma. You know who loves to gossip? The elders. This girl's smart. Oh, she is smart. Yellowpaw prods Lizard Fang gently. Wake up. She needs to ask him something. Lizard Fang says, ask away, but sinks back into sleep. (laughs) She turns and softly pokes Little Bird in the ribs. Please wake up. It's important. Little Bird yawns. What's the matter? What does Yellowpaw want? Yellowpaw just needs them to answer some questions. So Yellowpaw asks, what can they tell her about Ragged Pelt's father? Lizard Fang hisses in disbelief. She woke them up so they could gossip about Featherstorm? You two love he curls this. Back Are up you kidding? No, they, this, they're, they're protesting too much. They're so excited. He says, that's not going to happen. 
Please, Yellowpaw begs Little Bird. This is really important to Ragged Pelt, she says. He has to know the truth about his father. Little Bird hesitates. Well, she doesn't want to gossip. <laughs> yes, See? you do, girl. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, but she doesn't know very much. In the moons before Ragged Pelt and Scorchpaw were born, Featherstorm spent a lot of time near uh, the border with Two-Leg Place. Not far from the big sycamore with the dead bush. Yellowpaw knows where that is. If she goes there, she might find Ragged Pelt's father. That's an insane assumption to make, but okay, girly. But I mean, I guess, you know, if it's all the kitty pet gardens and stuff. I guess. I, I guess it makes sense. Cats? Cats usually don't stray too far from their own house. Like. If if, if it is a kitty pet. Yes. If she that was is... meeting up with someone, they might not. I mean, unless they're like, you know, bemoaning their loss. Little Bird warns her not to do anything foolish now. Yellowpaw promises she won't. She leaves the Elder's Den. The clan is waking. Stonetooth is organizing the patrols already, and she sees Deer Leap and bounds over to her. She doesn't have time today to find out anything about Ragged Pelt's father. But tonight, she is going to help him discover the truth. She's going to be like, hey, I know you just became a warrior. Let's sneak out. Yellowpaw is impatient as she waits for her denmates to fall asleep. But once they do, she creeps out of the den. Nettlespot is on guard, and she doesn't want to explain what they're doing. Yellowpaw goes to the warrior's den and whispers for Ragged Pelt to wake up. He asks what she wants, uh, okay, and she tells he, him to come she outside. She didn't tell him the plan. She That's does. so funny. I was wondering if they talked about this earlier. It's so much funnier that she did it. Hey, wake up. We're going to find who your dad is. What? Like... <laughs> He asks what she wants, and she tells him to come outside so she can tell him something. Yellowpaw says they need to go outside camp before she can tell him anything. They sneak out through the dirt place tunnel. And he goes with well her. I love this so much. Like, no resistance being like, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, it's just very funny to see their relationship develop. Because, like, literally just a couple moons ago, he was like, get away from me, you dummy. Whatever. And then she's like, hey, I don't think your dad, I don't know. I don't care that your dad's a kitty pet. Actually, I, we don't even know. Let's figure it out. And he's like, okay. <laughs> when they are well away from camp, Ragged Pelt growls, what's going on? Why has <laughs> she brought him all the here? way out here. I'm not even going to listen to it. Yellowpaw says triumphantly that they're going to find his father. Ragged, uh, Ragged Pelt halts. His <clears throat> eyes blaze with anger. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Why? Yellowpaw challenges him. Ragged Pelt wants to know who he is, and Featherstorm won't tell him. All he can do is find out for himself. Ragged Pelt shakes his head. They would have to search the whole of Two Leg Place. They'd have to check out all the rogues and loners and kitty pets, he admits reluctantly. Oh. And they still won't be certain to find him. Yellowpaw agrees that they can't be certain. But it's worth a try, it isn't it? It is a lot it? of work to do in one night, you're right, but... <laughs> Doesn't he remember how much he needs to know the truth? Ragged Pelt sighs. Okay, they can do it. 
And he knows what Yellow Paw is thinking. This is so cute. I did not think that their story was going to be this cute. And I'm I'm sad now. I'm sad to know how. I mean, I don't know how the details end. But man, it. I know there's like timeline issues, but I'm kind of like liking how this story is developing. So it makes it even more upsetting. And I know I'm, this is early in the book, but this makes it even more upsetting. The fact that her characterization gets kind of trampled on later in the series. So yeah. Okay. I I just, I'm, I just want everyone to know that I'm very, I'm digging this. I'm digging this. I can't, I just, it is, it is a very interesting book. I, I, I like it. Like it reminds for me some just of like a lot the stuff, of, it... like young literature that's like aimed at uh, girls. I, I, I've already made the comparison of Anne yeah. of Green Gables, Little House on the Prairie, and I can't like specifically verbalize why it reminds me of that. Um, just the vibes. It's very much a vi- like maybe even Boxcar Kids, like you know something very. It's like of a time. Uh, yeah. That I don't think we see in you know young people literature that much anymore. But that's. Not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he knows what Yellow Paw is thinking. She'll just go by herself to the two leg place if he doesn't come. And Star Clan knows what trouble she'd get into. <laughs> He's right, though. A hundred percent. They race through the forest to the sycamore. The two leg walls tower before them. Ragged Pelt asks what the plan is. Yellowpaw says Uh-oh. they'll go into Two Lake Place and start asking questions. That's, oh my god. She feels a stab of uncertainty. They can say one of their warriors went missing. Amberleaf, maybe. They could ask the Two Lake Cats if they've seen her. Is that a real Ragged Pelt? cat? Yeah, that's a real cat. That's, that's uh, so funny that they pick a real Her brother's mentor. Oh, like the least likely person to have done it, too. Ragged Pelt argues that's a mouse-brained idea. Why would their clanmate go missing in two-leg place? Yellowpaw sighs and tells him to stop being so logical. The two-leg place cats won't know that, and they have to start somewhere. Ragged Pelt nods slowly, and Yellowpaw thinks that maybe he's starting to get excited. Side by side, they scale the two-leg fence. And as soon as they drop into the garden, a flurry of barking splits the silence. A small white dog shoots out of the den, and there's a two-leg yowling after it. Ragged Pelt and Yellowpaw split up, and they meet along the fence and escape into the next garden. So, dog. Oh. Tiny dog. But still dog. What are you doing here, strangers? A low growl comes from the darkness. Yellowpaw and Ragged Pelt spin towards the voice. A huge ginger tom paces forward into the light. Grandpa? He wears a collar, but his, <laughs> but his muscles ripple as he walks. Will you have a child named Jake someday? <laughs> oh my gosh. You said ginger cat, and we're a little too early. Well... Oh, Jake might be alive, actually. Actually, yeah, I think he is, because he's with Tallstar, and Tallstar's the oldest of them Is this them your buff all. brother? <laughs> <laughs> or it could be daddy, d- depending. It could be grand. It could be grandfather Firestar. Do you think that... Could I mean, I, mean you know, I know right now she hasn't like, had the character development to, like, accept a, a half kitty cat pet cat, but, like, do you think, like, meeting this 
buff monster of a ginger tom <laughs> changed her mind. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Well, his ear is torn and his eyes gleam with hostility. Yellowpaw gulps. That's a kitty pet? <laughs> Suddenly I'm questioning everything. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Two more cats appear from the darkness. One of them is what Yellowpaw always pictured when she thought of kitty pets. She's a fluffy white cat wearing a collar with a bell. For real, are the we other like, is. Are we like by Rusty's home? Because this is, sounds like princess. Well, I mean, I mean, then these definitely aren't them. No, I but, know like, they're I mean, not, they're but just, they definitely could be relatives. They could be. They definitely could be. We are. I would say we are close enough. Um, the other is small and scrawny with a badly groomed pelt. The softness of her features betrays that she's barely out of kithood. The fluffy cat says they come from the forest, don't they? Her tone is sharp. She says they aren't welcome here. Yellowpaw forgets all about her plans to ask clever questions. Instead, she just blurts that they're looking for a Tom who might have known a forest cat called Featherstorm. Nice. Yeah, so much for uh, being all It might be better to just be clever. to the point, though. Yeah, we don't have all night. And these guys don't seem like they're very friendly. The scrawny she-cat hisses that they have no right to ask them about anything. Hang on, Red, says the big ginger Tom. Maybe they should let them ask their questions. He says that's the best way to get rid of them. Otherwise, they'll just be back. I can see brats. Red looks furious. Honestly, Marmalade, she says. He'll be oh. making friends with dogs next. Oh, his name's Marmalade. <laughs> he's his a, name's Marmalade. He's a giant tomcat and his name's Marmalade. Yes, big, beefy boy named Aaron's, I gotta know if these are based on any of your guys' cats. Please. How about they chase them off with a scratch or two to remember them by? Ragged Pelt growls that they won't be the only cats getting scratched. He slides out his claws. That's enough, the white she-cat says, raising her tail. If they let them ask their question, will they leave, she asks. Yes, Ragged Pelt turns to Yellowpaw. <laughs> Is it worth asking? Doesn't he want to know the truth, Yellowpaw asks him. She thinks that he can't give up now. They've come this far already. Red asks if they're going to stand and argue or come with them. And Yellowpaw decides that they are coming. Woo! They follow Marmalade over the fence and down into an alley. Yellowpaw hesitates at the top of the fence, but the white cat shoves her, and she falls gracelessly but is able to right herself to land on her paws. I gotta do, I do love the fact that the white, like, she-cat is, like, kind of the meaner one. And then the big old Tom is the one who's like, that's okay. <laughs> that's right, Pixie, Red says. Show them who's boss. Oh my god, the little one's <laughs> name's Pixie. The white one. The white one's Pixie. 
Oh, so she isn't the kitty. She's the... Pixie is the soft white kitty pet with the bell on her collar. I love it. Red is the... Uh, no, Red oh. is the mangy looking teen who's like barely out, uh, barely not a kitten. Okay. And she's scraggly and gross. And then Marmalade's big buff man. Oh my God. It smells like crow food. And once they leave the alley, the scents of monsters and ash join the crow food smell. Gross. Yeah. There are other cats here. Just think, Yellowpaw whispers to Ragged Pelt. He might be about to meet his father. I don't I don't know if this is like a, a great time to mention that. We're in like a really stinky, crappy place. Ragged Pelt doesn't reply. His eyes look troubled, and Yellowpaw can feel his pelt bristling against hers. The three kitty pets herd Yellowpaw and Ragged Pelt into the middle of an open space. More cats start slinking out of the shadows. Uh-oh, I think we've Some had collars. For a trap. Oops. Some had collars, but others looked like rogues with skinny bodies and flea-bitten pelts. Yellowpaw becomes uncomfortably aware of how out- outnumbered they are if it comes to a fight. Marmalade announces that these cats are from the forest. They want to ask some questions. And Yellowpaw feels hot and uncomfortable to be the focus of so many eyes staring at her. Hi. She introduces herself <laughs> in Ragged Pelt and says proudly that they come from Shadow Clan. One cat sniffs that she's never heard of it. Are they really from the forest? A gray tom asks. He pads up to sniff them. Yeah, they smell of trees. Pixie <laughs> snarls. Pixie snarls for Boulder to get away from them and shoves him. Boulder protests that he's always wondered what it would like to live beyond the fence. Sit down and be quiet. The command comes from an old black and white she-cat. She's so old that her muzzle is grizzled and her teeth are gone. Yellowpaw tries not to stare, but she looks older than any elder she's ever seen. Which makes sense, because vaccines and medicine. (laughs) The old cat hisses at Boulder. No one wants to listen to his nonstop meowing about the forest. Boulder sits, but looks annoyed. Yellowpaw guesses that this old cat is some kind of leader. Although these cats don't look like a clan, maybe they just look up to her because she's so old. A black she-cat whispers to Boulder not to let Jay worry him. She's a bossy old furball. Questions, they say, Jay rasps. All right, they can ask one. Let's hear it. Ragged Pelt nudges Yellowpaw. He told her this was a dumb idea. Let's go. I'm just glad you guys haven't gotten your butts kicked yet. Yet, being the operative term. No, Yellowpaw gives him a furious glare. One question is all it will take, she says. Yellowpaw says they're looking for a cat who knew a forest cat called Featherstorm. A small tabby and white she-cat flinches when Yellowpaw says her name. 
but she doesn't say anything. Uh Jay shakes her head. Other cats do the same. Ragged Pelt seems discouraged. I guess that's it. Marmalade steps forward. Marmalade steps forward. They got their answer. They can leave now. Pixie and Red pad up to join them. Ragged Pelt snaps that they don't need an escort. Marmalade slides out his claws. They aren't offering one. He said now. The other cats are gathering behind Marmalade, and Yellowpaw can see the hostility in their eyes and bristling fur. Yellowpaw mutters that it's time they went. Ragged Pelt's fur bristles, and he snarls. No kitty pet tells him what to do. Bro! Mouse. Mouse brain, Yellowpaw says, there's no point in spilling their blood. Yellowpaw shoves him hard. What is he going to prove by fighting kitty pets? Run. And to Yellowpaw's relief, Ragged Pelt spins around and races back down the alley. Yellowpaw follows, the two-leg place caps hard on her heels. When they come into view of the first two-leg fence, Marmalade and the other cats drop back. Stay away in the future, Marmalade yowls after them. Bye, 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 buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> Says, <laughs> I, I think that'd be a better job to think for Marmalade to say. But it yes, that'd be, that'd be much better. I'll, uh. Put in the edits. I'll errors. white out that last line for you. Thank you. Yellowpaw bunches her muscles to leap onto the fence when a voice from the shadows calls, Wait. It's the small she-cat who flinched when she heard Featherstorm's name. <gasps> Lesbians. Ragged Pelt growls. What does she want? The cat says there's a cat they need to speak to. Follow her. Ragged Pelt thinks it might be a trap. Why would this cat help him? So that they'll stay away, the she-cat answers. They want nothing to do with wild cats like them. <laughs> Yellowpaw insists they have to risk it. They have to know the truth. Ragged Pelt hesitates for a moment, then shrugs. Okay, but he still thinks they both have bees in their brains. He's like, you're crazy for doing this, and I am also crazy because I am following. And I recognize that in myself. (laughs) The she-cat leads them down another alley. She says there was a forest cat hanging around a while ago. Her name might have been Featherstorm, but she hasn't seen her for ages. Yellowpaw is frustrated at coming so close to the information she needed. She slides out her claws just because she's like excited and like, oh my gosh, so close. The little she-cat gives her a glance of alarm. She says defensively that the forest cat had nothing to do with her. Hal knew her better than any of them. Ask him. She gestures towards the shadows of the two-leg dens. A pair of amber eyes gleam from the darkness. Yellowpaw beckons to Ragged Pelt, and the small she-cat darts away. Hal blinks as they approach. Before they could say anything, he says that he heard what the she-cat said. He never knew a cat called Featherstorm. 
He has nothing to do with forest cats. Yellowpaw sees his collar gleam in the shadows. He's a kitty pet. Ragged Pelt says, okay, sorry they bothered him, and turns away. Yellowpaw follows, but something tells her to look back. Hal emerges from the shadows and is slinking away down the line of two-legged dens. Yellowpaw freezes. This kitty pet is a dark brown tabby, and he's nearly the spitting image of Ragged Pelt. Wait! Yellowpaw yowls and runs after him. He must have known Featherstorm. Look, this is his son. Hal turns back, amber eyes growing cold. He looks Ragged Pelt up and down. He doesn't know what she's talking about. He snarls. He has no son. Ah, this is almost worse. This is probably the worst way this could have gone, huh? But just look at him, Yellowpaw starts and waves her tail at Ragged Pelt. Hal simply spun around and began padding away. We have to go, Ragged Pelt interrupts her. His voice is cold as ice. This was a mouse-brained idea. They never should have come here. Yellowpaw wakes up the next morning to Deerleap calling her name. Her muscles are aching from her adventure into Two-Leg Place the night before. By the time her and Ragged Pelt have returned to their nest, it had been nearly dawn. What a disaster that trip had been. Deerleap calls again, growing ever more impatient. Rowanpaw hisses as she gets up and asks where Yellowpaw went last night. She woke and she wasn't in her nest. Pooping? Yellowpaw mutters that it doesn't matter and struggles out of the den. Stonetooth is surrounded by a larger group of cats than usual, and she asks Deerleap what's happening. Deerleap tells her that they're going to go raid the rats in Carrion Place. Prey is scarce, so Cedarstar wants to send two patrols to hunt there. With any luck, they'll catch enough to feed the whole clan. Yellowpaw feels a mix of fear and anticipation. She's proud that she's been chosen for this special raid, and there's a hopeful tension in the camp as if every cat is looking forward to being full-fed when this raid is over. Stonetooth is organizing the patrols when they join the group. Stonetooth will lead one patrol, and Cedar Star will lead another. With Stonetooth will be Hollyflower, Arch-Eye, Pool Cloud, Ashheart, Ragged Pelt, Deer Leap, and Amberleaf with their apprentices. So, Yellowpaw and Nutpaw. Ragged Pelt brushes past Yellowpaw, not acknowledging her. Rowanpaw whispers to Yellowpaw to ask if they had a fight. Great Star Clan, was she with him last night? Oh God! Oh God! It's like it wasn't a romance. It was a. It was. A, it was a. It was a really bad time. Yeah, I do like. I but I do like the fact that their relationship has developed in a very interesting way. I do like that they're friends. I mean, yeah, maybe there's something like already there for one of them or with the, with the other, but they're very much just like friends right now, you know? Yeah. You can't really go on a life-changing adventure to maybe meet your dad with just like a casual acquaintance. Yeah. <laughs> Finch Flight hisses for some quiet and tells Yellowpaw to join her patrol as she's going on this raid. Yellowpaw shoots her sister a glare before joining her patrol. Cedar Star's group includes Scorchpaw and Rowanpaw with their mentors. 
Brightflower and Brackenfoot are in the patrol as well. Foxpaw demands, what about them? Stonetooth tells the two apprentices that they are too young. Rats are big enough to eat them. So they get left behind again, Wolfpaw growls as the patrol leaves. Stonetooth led them through the forest, and Yellowpaw hangs back to walk beside Ragged Pelt near the rear of the patrol. She asks if he's okay. She's sorry if she did the wrong thing last night. Ragged Pelt gives her a brief, cold glance. He doesn't want to talk about it. As far as he's concerned, he has no father. He doesn't give Yellowpaw a chance to reply before he bounds ahead to walk behind Stonetooth. Yellowpaw looks sadly after him. Her fur prickles with feelings of guilt. She gives herself a shake. She was only trying to help. She tries to put the whole encounter out of her mind. She's a Shadow Clan apprentice. Right now, her job is to catch prey for her clan. All right. I think we'll end there so we get to start with a fun rat raid next yeah. week. Not fun. Don't we love a rat raid? Nothing ever goes wrong when we encounter rats, right? Okay. Didn't have to. Okay. Now I'm scared. Um. <laughs> This has been interesting. I've liked how this story has developed. I think um, we'll see what happens um, with this situation. I mean, it's like I said before, you know, there might have been reasons outside of him being a kitty petter loner that she didn't want him to meet him. Yeah. Or tell them the truth. You know, maybe there was more than the fact that he was a kitty pet. Like Maybe he's just kind of a garbage yeah. guy. Or I don't know. You know, maybe the guy, you know, he also was like, in a relationship with her, and she, you know, was like, bye. You know, that might also be another Yeah. So, I think we'll see what happens with that. And for now, you know, like she said, what else can we do besides being a... Yeah. It's so sad to hear how, like, proud Yellowpaw feels in her clan and how safe and secure. Yeah. And like, I love my mother. I love my father. I'm so proud to be Shadow Clan. But that but that she uses that to be like, oh, this guy doesn't feel like that. I want to help. So that's I think very sweet. Well just thinking that eventually Yellow Fang gets exiled from this clan that's doing horrific things. <sighs> yeah. So it's just it's like, oh, baby. <laughs> so sad. Definitely. But uh, yeah, we met some kitty pets. Mm-hmm. We uh, didn't get beat up by them, even though I thought that was We didn't happen. get beat up by kitty Yeah, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, we didn't get beat up by kitty pets. That's great. Um, And next week, we get a rat raid. Rat raid! Oh, folks, if you want to join our rat raid, <laughs> then you can follow us on social media at WCWITCast. Um, and if you want to uh, contact us directly, you can do that by email at WCWITCast at gmail.com. I did not get caught up on that stuff during the three-day weekend. But anyway. Yeah. Me neither. It's okay. It's okay. We're both so mentally ill. Um, <laughs> and uh, folks who want to monetarily help out the podcast, um, then you can check out our Ko-Fi coffee, whatever, in the link in the description. 
And uh, remember, the best way to help the podcast is to share it with a friend and say, hey. Remember our life-changing midnight adventure when we went to go find your dad? Well, listen to two cats doing that. I'm sure it can't go wrong because I'm Ember Heart. And I'm Tangle Tongue. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that?